You are listening to the 3 and D podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find the podcast on Twitter at 3 and D pod. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. And of course, we are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Network of Podcasts. You can find GBB on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies and online at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you check out GBB Live podcasts, the Core 4 podcast, and the Starting 5 uh, podcast that uh, precedes us on Monday evenings. Um, we're coming to you uh, right after the Grizzlies absolutely uh, bashed the Spurs for the second time in a row on Monday night. Uh, and joining me, uh, like he does just about every week, is Mr. Ben Hogan. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, Justin. Yourself? I'm good, man. After a long day, I've got me a uh, a friend left a truly hard seltzer over here, so I figured I'd give it a shot. <laughs> How's that going for you? Tastes pretty good. Strawberry lemonade. Okay. So, I, first of all, actually, I'm going to save that for later. Let me do this. Apparently, according to Twitter, I missed out on some sports spectacle last night. What the heck was going on with wrestling yesterday? Oh, it's the Royal Rumble, man. It's uh, once a year. It's always the week in between, you know, the uh, NFL championship games and the Super Bowl. And it's, uh, for me, it's my favorite pay-per-view. Like, before COVID and all that stuff, I used to have a Royal Rumble party. Like, I would have some friends over, and we would all draw numbers and, like, you don't know who's coming out to the ring with the numbers. So it's like whoever gets that number, you get that wrestler, and whoever wins gets the whole pot. So it's kind of like it gets people that don't even care about wrestling, gets them involved, gets them, you know, whatever. But for me, the Royal Rumble is my favorite one. I know you got WrestleMania, but with Royal Rumble, it's like the surprise element. And that's why I love wrestling is the unpredictability. And nowadays it's pretty predictable, especially with – dirt sheets and Twitter and everything. You kind of know what's happening beforehand. With the Royal Rumble, it still has that level of unpredictability. And that's what I love about wrestling. So if I'm going to watch a pay-per-view, I'm going to watch that one. Yeah, I can't say my parents ever really let us watch wrestling growing up. So I I never – I mean, I wasn't allowed to get into it. But even when I got older – uh, I didn't really get into it, but I do have a connection with wrestling uh, that I don't think I've told you about. Um, he's an AEW wrestler. Uh, you know who Marco Stun is? Yeah, he's from uh, he's from Olive Branch. Yes, we were actually friends. Okay. We actually wrote and recorded a song oh, together. Nice. Oh yeah, you got to post that now. You know that, right? There's no way. Like, I, I'm not singing on it. It's all Marco. I I kind of did the lyrics, but like it's just a cheesy, corny like. We're going to church camp song. Okay. Okay. Now, I still think it'd be funny. <laughs> well, he's agreed to come on the podcast. Um, so I, I'm going to have to try to get him on. It's just really, really hard with his schedule to do that. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Probably always traveling or always doing a show or something. Yeah. So l- let's talk um, Grizzlies Spurs. Let's just talk Grizzlies because – I think the feeling or emotion that I have is is confusion. Like I am so confused as to how they are doing so freaking well without Valanciunas, without Jaron Jackson Jr., without Justice Winslow, without Grayson Allen. Now, like it doesn't matter who's out, they are just winning 
games, and I'm so confused as to why this keeps happening. Ben, give me some answers. Uh, the man up mentality. I don't, I don't really know. It just seems like everybody on the team is hungry and they want to earn their playing minutes and they realize that the competition with each other, I think it's kind of a competition with the guy. You know, the previous game uh, before, you know, Phoenix, it was DNP coach's decision. Comes out, leads the Grizzlies in minutes and scoring the next game and he remained on fire tonight. And every single Grizzlies score, except for Jitty, uh, scored double digits tonight. And it just feels like that they like seeing each other succeed. But they realize, like, you know, I'm a professional. Um, we, we, we all got to earn our minutes, and every single player is earning their minutes right now. Yeah, like, if you look how just spread out it is, everybody played 20 minutes or more. Um, like you said, everybody scored double digits except for Conchar, but like he had five rebounds and he had that, he had two blocks. Like he, I mean, everybody did something tonight. And Dylan Brooks was your, and John Morant were tied as your fifth leading scorers and you win the game. Like that is, if it's not a, if it's not like a successful system, if I've ever seen one, the fact that these guys, are doing what they're doing. And I can't remember which player I saw on Twitter uh, say it, but they said the difference is we hang out with each other. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That That's long morale. You know, it's even when times are tough, which they aren't now, it's like, you know, you can hold each other accountable. Like, hey, man, you know, what happened? And they can pick each other up. And it just makes for a good environment, a fun environment to be around. And who knows what happens at the trade deadline, but that's also good if you bring somebody else in, they kind of see the family environment. And uh, it just makes people want to play well and play with each other and be happy for each other. Yeah, and I think some of it too is like most of the team is also in similar stages of life. Um, now, obviously, uh, Mr. DMX, uh, he's married with two kids. So he's <laughs> he's in a little bit different stage of life, but like – most of these guys are just kids and um, they're around the same age, have similar interests and it's just a different generation. And they're like, they enjoy each other more than I think the, cause the grit and grind guys, it seemed like it was always just business, business, business. Like you couldn't tell if this guy's yeah. ever even had fun or not. Um, right. Especially Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but with these guys, like their business but they're having a blast doing it. And I, I'm I'm just baffled that their second best player, a franchise cornerstone, hasn't even sniffed the floor. And they're the hottest team in the NBA right now. I mean, they just did something that the best versions of the Memphis Grizzlies have never done. And that's absolutely blast the San Antonio Spurs on the road, two games in a row. Just, I mean, yeah, I mean – this is the first time the Grizzlies have been able to actually uh, handle the Spurs since they beat them in that first round matchup. It seems like Ven- uh, Pop has had a vendetta against the Grizzlies ever since then. Like, hey, we're not going to let the Grizzlies beat us because of that time they beat us as an eight seed. And now that they finally got over that hump, you know, it's nine, ten years later. But hope you enjoy these. It feels like Pop's going for the next decade. Pop's going to hold another one, another grudge. You're not going to be able to get any this easy against them for the next ten years. But still, yeah. 
I mean, maybe. Uh, they don't do something drastic with their roster. Like, their roster is not all that promising. Um, no. You know, Got a bunch of role, role players and DeRozan and Aldridge, but, like, you know, both those guys disappear at times. Yeah, DeRozan did uh, the last game, and really he kind of did tonight, and Aldridge did too. Like, here's the thing with Aldridge. He only played 18 minutes tonight, so that's that's kind of odd. But – I was at the game December 23rd of uh, – it would have been 2019. And um, that's the game that Aldridge, I think, had 18 in the first quarter, didn't miss a shot, had 40 for the game. And it seems like every first quarter I have PTSD because Aldridge just comes out and he's barely even touching the freaking net when he shoots. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, man, the Grizzlies just – I mean, I'm looking at the second quarter. It was 36 to 22 Memphis in the second quarter. They don't care. Like, come out and give us your best shot. Like, we're we're going to come out and when our bench hits against your bench, you're not going to stand a chance. Like Bobby Marks told us last week, it's our depth, and it, it showed maybe more true tonight than it ever has. Just how deep this team really is. But yeah, the, the the depth is key, and it feels like when you watch it, you know, you always have a ro- – there's always guys on the roster, you are like, okay, that's the garbage time guy. That's the guy they're putting in with three minutes to go when either you're up or down 20 points. Grizzlies don't have that. Every single guy that comes off the bench can give you quality minutes. There is no garbage time guys. And, I mean, if you're a betting person and the Grizzlies are up, that's probably good because they are just going to continue to score on the guys that uh, that the other teams bringing in for their garbage time guys. But the Grizzlies just don't have that, and you don't see that in the NBA. You don't see a team having that much depth. And as you said, Jaron Jackson hasn't played. Justice Winslow hasn't played. Jonas was out. Grayson Allen was out. You know, I know that it's going to be tough for Taylor Jenkins to figure out roster once they do come back, but. You can't just DNP guys on this team because they all provide something. They all provide quality minutes off the bench. Yeah, so let's let's transition into our stock watch because I want I want to bring up somebody um, that I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on, and I can I can use it as as my stock. Um, and it's a stock down, but it's a stock down because of the market around him, and not necessarily anything that he's done on his own. If I had to sell any stock right now in the Memphis Grizzlies, I would have to sell my Jonas Valanciunas stock. And you know how much I love JV, right? Yeah. So you look at the roster and the decisions that have been made with this roster. They sat Gorgie just to see how Tillman can play. And now Tillman has looked every part of a stud. Um, Gorgie spreads the floor significantly better than Valanciunas does. He runs the floor better than Valanciunas does can rebound probably at the same rate and defend probably at a slightly higher level. So if you want to continue to start Tillman until Jaron comes back, then you can roll with Gorgie as your backup and be just fine. But then they didn't send Tilly to the G League bubble because they want to get a look at him. Well, where are those minutes going to come from? Think about Jonte Porter. He still is going to have to get minutes if he's ever healthy. So – Valanciunas, for me, as much as I love him, and we both agree he's a top 100 player in the NBA, has become expendable on this roster, I think. Yeah. 
And it, it's crazy to think that. I mean, Gorgie was the leading scorer for the Grizzlies tonight, I believe. And that's just crazy to think. I mean, this is – That man hit a, a fast I, break trail three <laughs> like he was a guard. Yeah, I mean, there's you, you just keep seeing stuff that's like, okay, this team is – I don't know because I – as a Grizzlies fan, I've never seen something like this before. I mean, yeah, the grit and grind was fun, but it was not like this. This feels like a a different – I don't know. It's like – I don't want to say it's a higher class of basketball, but maybe team basketball it is. I mean, you know, you had the four guys. You had the core four that clicked. And I don't always want to compare this to that, but, you know, the Grizzlies – as a franchise in Memphis, it's it's young, so you only have really two. I guess the Powell and Mike Miller, you know, all those guys. You can you can compare it to that other. You have three really. I mean, three playoff contenders, but still, it's just it's so much fun to watch these guys play, and it just feels like whoever you put in, they're gonna you're gonna get a similar result. I I don't I don't I guess that makes Jonas expendable at that point, but. Like you said, Gorgie just comes in there, and like you said, the trailing three is just – that's something that Jonas is not going to do, ever. Nope, and and Gorgie played 24 minutes. Like, there was an exact even split between Gorgie and Tillman in their minutes, and Gorgie had 19 and 9 in 24 minutes. And then Tillman had 10 and 9. If you're getting uh, dang near 30 and – 20 out of your center spot in a game. I mean, what more could you ask for? Because, like, if Valanciunas is there, you're going to play him upward, you know, above that 24-minute mark. And Tillman, I don't think he's necessarily as athletic enough to be a, a power forward next to a Valanciunas. So, like, that's a that's a fit that I don't think would work really at all because neither one of them spaced the floor. Um so, do you go back to Gorgie getting DNPs if, you know, JV comes? I think I think what is important to note is that I, I believe tomorrow is a day that certain contracts become tradable from this past offseason. Um, and if that's the case, I wonder how active and how soon the Grizzlies might be active with either Gorgie or Jonas Valanciunas because – we currently have a surplus and we're not in a situation where we're keeping guys because we're going for a title this year. We're in an asset acquiring mode still. Um, and so I would like to see one of those guys move pretty early so that they can get another guy in the mix. And I think it's got to be Valanciunas because he might be your most valuable expendable asset. Um, and I think you can get something pretty good for him. Uh, I mean, some people don't. If you saw what went down on Twitter the other day, um, where somebody said <laughs> you couldn't get, you're going to have to give up a first round pick to to ship him off, which might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, you don't have to give up. You don't have to give up Jonas. Like, here's the thing: you don't have to get rid of him. So why would you have to give up a first round pick? You don't have to give up either of them. You don't have to acquire anybody. Right. Um, unless you're going to get Bradley Beal. Unless you're going to get Bradley Beal, which I don't know um, that we want to put that package together. Um, I'm trying to think of teams off the top of my head that could use a center. Um, the Trailblazers could really use one. 
Cantor. San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I mean, Brooklyn, he'd, he'd go well in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. If, if they want to ship us some Joe Harris, I'd, I'd take some Joe Harris, but that doesn't seem to be the Steve Nash style. Um, I think, I really think that the Lakers could use Valanciunas um, just because Gasol's weak in rebounding. Um, I don't know. There, there are teams out there that need a center, um, and I think that we can get something good in return. And I think it – I never thought I'd come to this point this year, um, but Tillman and and Gorgie with the return of, of Jackson I think makes – I mean, that people forget that Tilly is like a lottery talent. He's just kind of had some injury problems, and he spreads the floor better than all of them. Um, so when he gets in the mix, what the freak are they going to do? You got to move JV, who's a valuable asset, who's not an expiring. So you can, you know, demand more for him. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and you also got to think like if that works out with Tilly or whatever happens with that, like do they eventually set themselves up in a position where you maybe package a couple guys that are like, you know, second, third guys off the bench for a, a quality starter instead of just like maybe getting rid of one of these guys. I mean, of course, Brandon Clark, I, I know that his name's going to be thrown around. I don't want to get rid of him. But again, like, I don't know. I, I, it bugs me that the fact that the Grizzlies are on a seven game win streak and everybody's talking about who's going to get traded and who needs more minutes than this guy and that guy. And it's like, they're, they've won seven games in a row. I mean, I think that the game against Indiana, you will kind of see, you know, exactly what kind of team it is they are. Because, I mean, yeah, they beat San Antonio, and San Antonio was tied for first in the, uh, in the division with the Grizzlies, but I don't know exactly how good San Antonio really is. I mean, they didn't look that good against the Grizzlies. The Pacers are a sure, for sure contender in the East. And – you will kind of see what the Grizzlies are made of, and who knows who's playing tomorrow night. I mean, is Jonas returning? I don't know. I mean, I don't know about Jaron and Justice ever. What about what about Jaws? Them. What about Jaws' ankle? Like, we don't know what that's going to be like tomorrow. That's true. I mean, they put him back in the fourth quarter. It makes me think like he's he's fine, but you know, I I don't know that they may say let's rest him. It's the second game of back to back. They have four games scheduled this upcoming week. You know, you got games against uh, other divisional division foes. You got Houston, you got New Orleans. Would you rather have Ja for those two games instead of a game against Indiana? I, I would if you had to choose. Yeah. Um, moving on moving on to another stock, I'm going to ask you about what you're going to do with a certain stock. All right, I'm going to throw it out there to you. I'm, I'm going to say the stock's low right now. Um, and I, I, I got to throw this out there. Um, somehow in a game where um, – we win by 31 points and nine out of our 10 players score double digits. Dylan Brooks still manages to be the worst player on the <laughs> roster, um, shooting 33% uh, from the field and zero from three with no rebounds and only one assist. <laughs> what are you doing with your DB stock? Um, I'm holding on to it. You're going to hold it anymore. I'm not buying anymore. I'll say that. I'm not going to sell, though. Well, you can't sell because somebody's um, going to buy. I can sell if I want. You can sell to Parker <laughs> Fleming. You can sell to Parker. He'll buy it. I know. Him and, him and Connor. Connor <laughs> yeah. Dunning, they'll both buy it. Um, oh. 
No, I just he he's played he played good defense on Demar Derozan, and I understand that you expect to get more on the offensive end from him, but I think that it's kind of hidden. Like you don't notice it as much when the Grizzlies are winning by this much. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. Again, you know, they're playing against you – know, they got tougher games this upcoming week. We will see, you know. But the good thing is he hasn't three, four, five possessions in a row tried to come down and knock down a shot. We haven't seen that. He is a little bit more disciplined. He did make some great plays in the first game against San Antonio on uh, passing the ball. He hit those two big threes in the fourth quarter when the Grizzlies uh, – when the Spurs close it to five, you know, back-to-back possessions – knocks down three, stretches it to double digits. All of a sudden, you know, Pop's waving the white flag and putting it in his bench with three minutes to go. But, you know, again, take the good with the bad. Uh, I'm holding on to the stock. I just don't – I think we saw his ceiling. Uh, we've seen his ceiling. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, he's going to be relied on to get you a bucket like he may have been last year. I think all these guys are getting a little more mature and – they added some good pieces through the draft that they are going to have to rely on him for that. Well, um, Melton and Bain both received more minutes tonight than, than DB. And I don't know if that's a product of what's to come or just the fact that um, he was struggling and, uh, you know, Bain's our sniper and, and Melton has been absolutely on fire the last two games. Like That's how you follow up a, a – at DNP CD, is you come out there and, and you put up 37 points in two games, hitting nine threes. Yeah. And the thing with it is, you know, Grayson Allen's going to return eventually. And most people rather Grayson Allen lose minutes than Dylan Brooks lose minutes. But the way Grayson was shooting before he went down or before he, you know, the COVID stuff happened, I don't think that he can necessarily be automatically have his minutes docked when he comes back, maybe for conditioning purposes, but not because of what he's done. He's played better than Dylan. And I don't necessarily think that it needs to be Grayson's minutes that are cut until he shows, you know, until he goes into a bad, bad funk, you know, until he goes into a funk and it's, you just got to take it pretty much. I mean, you have so many options that you can take it. A game at a time really you can you know if somebody's in a funk you can sit them down and you know I, I don't know if that's what the reason for Melton but he came back and showed that he deserves minutes maybe you can get that with Dylan not, not necessarily take him out of the starting lineup but you know get him 18 minutes give him 18 minutes in a game give him 16 minutes in a game and see what he does uh, to answer like if he does sulks and whines, you know, and, you know, come out there in like, jacket. That's how. What? That's his answer going to be? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm only playing 16 minutes. I'm getting mine. <laughs> 16 minutes. I'm still getting my double digit shots. You know? <laughs> You're right. 30 minutes. I'm getting 13 shots. <laughs> Give me 10 minutes. I'm getting 13 shots. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, you just got to see how he responds. Melton responded perfectly, and I think that's what all these guys have done. Like I said, they they all know they got to earn their minutes. None of them are. Besides Ja, I guess, really should have those minutes guaranteed to them. Right. And, you know, I got a piece coming out with this podcast um, that is called The Grayson Allen Effect. Um, and what I learned in my research was that the Grizzlies had um, seven lineups of more than 10 minutes on the floor together that were positive lineups. Um, of the top five lineups, four of them were Grayson Allen. And that was more than any other player on the roster. 
like he contributes to winning. Um, and I did a blind resume between Brooks and Allen, and it was the on-off with the Grizzlies. The offensive rating with the Grizzlies when Dylan Brooks is on the floor is six points worse than when he's off the floor. And it's only a three-point difference defensively when he's on and off the floor. Grayson Allen is a 112 offensive rating. The team is a 112 offensive rating uh, when he's on the floor. Dylan's was like a 105. It's a seven-point offensive difference between Grayson and Dylan when it, as a team, not as an individual, as a team. And then defensively, uh, Grayson was only like a point, point, 1.3 points worse um, and then his difference between on and off wasn't that big of a difference. Like, so you notice a little bit of a difference when Dylan's on and off the floor defensively. But you notice it way bigger offensively with him. Um, and then the offensive rating when Grayson's off the floor is his – so his bottom when he's off the floor is Dylan's top when he's on the floor, which is nuts. Um, so That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Grayson for Dylan, for Dylan. Yeah. So Grayson has earned his minutes. Yeah, he started off the first five games absolute no, first seven. He's atrocious. Like he shot terribly the first seven games. But the last five games, he was shooting 48% from the field and 48% from three. You'll take 48% from three all day long. Um, but he's also getting almost four rebounds a game and two assists a game. Like he was doing everything that you're gonna do and he has proven you can rely on him to, in a pinch, guard anybody one through four as well. Um, I remember in the bubble, they had him guarding, I think, Carmelo Anthony. Um, and he did a decent job. Like, it's still freaking Carmelo. Um, and when he wants to get in yeah. his bag, he's going to get in his bag. But it is what it is. Ben, what's your stock? What's My stock you down is rest. I mean, they, they got uh, – the stock was up on rest. You know, the last week and a half, they got plenty of it in between games. But now uh, it, it it's full throttle. I, uh, they got a game against Indiana, second game of a back-to-back. And they got a two. They got one day in between, and they come back home to Houston. One game in between at New Orleans, and then one game in between versus Toronto. It's, it's no rest, no rest at all. And uh, the rest did good things for them. I mean, you saw they came out on fire against San Antonio, but it'll be interesting to see if, you know, this time next week after the game against uh, Toronto, if these Grizzlies look as fresh as they have the last two games against San Antonio. And uh, my one more uh, stock down, I guess, it would be uh, cutting down the rotation. I've talked about it. I was a big fan of, hey, Coach Jenkins needs to figure out how to cut down this rotation. I guess he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he's got to figure out how to use these players in the correct rotation and who needs to play when. And, you know, I mean, I guess the stock up would be Coach Jenkins' futures because he has definitely figured out how to um, work this lineup and work the all the players. And, you know, there's been questions about – because he was defaulting to that starting lineup. Uh, a lot it felt like in crunch time because it's the easy thing to do you know starting lineup you think it's five best players maybe it's not your five best players that night you got to have the five best players or maybe it's not the five best players that match up with other teams five best players and it seems like he's figuring that out he's 
it feels like the Grizzlies have an advantage when they have their five on the floor almost every time. I mean, against San Antonio, Aldridge, of course, was taking you in the first quarter. But after that, Grizzlies were in control all night tonight. And what, San Antonio cut it to 10. We were texting. That was kind of when we were sweating. And it was a 10-point lead. Yeah. Like, I know in the NBA, 10 points is really nothing. But, I mean, that's as close as really as they got after the first quarter. I mean, the Grizzlies were in control the whole time. And that's I, that's a lot – for that. Uh, you can credit a lot to that to Coach Jenkins, just the way he's been able to ride the hot hand. And, you know, seeing Melton getting a lot of minutes, he realizes that Melton's giving him some good minutes. Keep him in there. And certain players work better with other guy, with certain guys. And so that's my stock watch. Yeah. Shares of Taylor Jenkins' future up. The amount of rest for the Grizzlies, that's, that's way down. Hey, here's a, here's a stock down for you. Nate Chester hot takes. He flat out said in the, in the GBB slack that there's no way the Grizzlies were going to lead wire to wire and that John Morant had to score 30 points for us to win. Josh scored uh, they, 13 and played 22 minutes. Yeah, I saw Parker say something about uh, you need to be uh, you need to elaborate a little more. Josh hasn't scored 30 basically since the first game of the season, <laughs> and they've been winning since. Oh man, yeah, Nate Nate hyperbole Chester. That is that is the guy. Well, so, I mean, they were lottery to playoff team in a week for him. So <laughs> you know. I mean, when we discussed about them tanking, at least it was the fact that we thought that Ja would still be out. Like, February 1st, we thought Ja was still going to be out. Oh, yeah. We thought he was going to miss, like, 18 games. We counted them. Yeah. So, you mentioned that we were texting when it was a 10-point game and we were sweating. Let's let's talk about why we were sweating. That's because we got, <laughs> we got a little uh, uh, cha-ching in the pot and the Grizzlies were related to that. And Ben – the Grizzlies win overrules the pain that I am dealing with at the moment. I had a nine-team parlay that I put a dollar on. It was going to win me $397 if I hit this parlay. The Lakers won, the Bucks won, the Rockets won, the Kings won, the Grizzlies won, the Mavericks won. Um, somebody else that I had picked, everybody but the freaking New York Knicks. <laughs> and you're laughing because people are going to be like, why would you bet on the Knicks? It was more so me not believing in the Bulls. And yeah, they're playing the Bulls. Yeah, and believing in the defense that the Knicks have played very well all season long. Thibodeau revenge. Right. That's, that's another factor in it. I was, I was thinking yeah. that. And I was one freaking pick away in a nine-game parlay from a plus 3970 bet. And I, I did hit my round robin uh, where it was Kings, Knicks, Grizzlies, and Hornets. Um, and I hit – I think I ended up making about 50 bucks off of that. So, there's at least that for the night. So, let's, let's look at the week ahead with betting the bear. Um, the Grizzlies got a four-game week, as you said, between now and uh, when we record again. So, um, we got the Pacers tomorrow night on the second night of a back-to-back. The uh, revamped, incredibly 
defensive Houston Rockets at home on Thursday. We've, we're on the road against hated rivals, New Orleans Pelicans, and then we were at home this time next week against the Marcus Aulis Toronto Raptors. Well, uh, tonight the Grizzlies moved to six and one straight up on the road and also six and one against the spread on the road. So keep that in mind tomorrow night. The Grizzlies are also one and oh, the second game of a back to back. And the early line is plus six. Grizzlies are underdog by six against Indiana. Um, Pacers, they are five and seven at home overall, or against the spread, 10 and 10 uh, total. And then over under, they're 12 and eight on the over. Grizzlies have picked it up a little bit. Uh, I think early on, they were all against, they were always on the under. Uh, I mean, they're six and nine, nice, uh, on the under, over under for so far this season. So if you bet unders, you've won more money than the overs. But I think it's kind of trending for them on the overs more than it was on the unders earlier on in the season. For the Rockets, Grizzlies are at home. Rockets are six and four on the road, nine and ten overall against the spread, seven, eleven, and one over under. And as you mentioned, they are more defensive minded, so might be worth taking the under. And that one, not sure what it's going to be, but, I mean, the Grizzlies can slow it down if they need to. I mean, they've been scoring a lot of points. They've been running and gunning. But I think Houston's going to make them slow it down a little bit. Plus, if Jonas comes back, I mean, it does slow it down a little bit with that because if they may try and work through him, that will slow down their offense just a little bit. Then Saturday's game against New Orleans, it'll be at New Orleans. New Orleans is 2-6 and six at home against the spread. Six and two, six and twelve overall against the spread, uh, or I guess now they are six and thirteen against the spread. They lost uh, to Sacramento tonight, uh, 11 and seven. Yep, yep. And Bagley got ejected, I believe, early on in the second half, and the Kings are still able to uh, knock off the Pelicans. I did see. Uh, it'd be interesting to note that uh, it looked like Zion Williamson was taken off for defense. They had to take him out a few possessions because he was a defensive liability. Because he's so um, nice. what? That's your number one, That's your franchise, right? Man, I'm I'm in second place, and I'm in second place by a long shot. So you can chill out. That wasn't directed at you. I'm talking about the Pelicans. That's the Pelicans franchise, and they're taking their franchise player out oh, for being yeah. a defensive liability. Yeah, that's he's a joke. That's that's not good. And then finally, um, a week from today, uh, Toronto. Toronto is three and six on the road, seven and thirteen overall against the spread, and then they are ten and ten on the over under. So you got a lot of teams that uh, Houston is the only one with a winning record, uh, in where they're playing. Like they're six and four on the road against the spread. Uh, Indiana and New Orleans are both uh, under five hundred at home. Against the spread, and Toronto is under 500 on the road against the spread. So, take it for what you will. Might be uh, a good week to, as you say, bet on the Bears. The Grizzlies are uh, nine five and one against the spread overall. Six and one on the road. Three four and one at home. So, the Grizzlies are what a six point dog right now tomorrow night. Would it, if with your gut right now? you had to lay some money on tomorrow night what are you doing 
I'll, I'll take the Grizzlies plus six. I mean, they're, they're playing some really good basketball. I know Indiana is a, uh, is a contender in the East, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think this is the spot for the letdown. There's going to be a letdown. We know that. It always happens. And I think it's going to be against Houston, honestly. I mean, the first game where fans are back, I, I think that might be a letdown spot, unfortunately. We talked about it before we hopped on here. I, uh, I'm just not so sure we got an answer for Sabonis and the way that he's been playing. So tomorrow night scares me. Hey, you just asked me with my gut. And I just, I just like I said, they've been playing so well together. Um, I don't know. I mean, Indiana's on a two-game losing streak. Grizzlies are on a seven-game win streak. Sometimes, I guess, that works against you that, you know, Indiana may play – they're not desperate, but they may play a little desperate basketball tomorrow night to try and get back on the winning on the winning side. Yeah, I hear but, you. But, hey, the Grizzlies can still lose as long as they lose by less than six. That's right. It's all about <laughs> that money right there. All right. Yeah. So, um, Ben and I are actually going to be hopping off here and hopping straight on with uh, Sean Coleman and the Locked On Grizz. Uh, so you guys uh, always check out Sean Coleman over there at Locked On Grizz. He's doing great work. He is one of our GB beers. Um, he's the you know uh, the guy that I hosted this show with first. Um, kind of helped me get my feet wet in doing this. Um, so after you check our podcast out, if you hadn't checked out Locked On Grizz, make sure you check that out. Uh, ben, anything you want to add before we hop over there? Uh, no, I think uh, I'm going to go three and one Grizz for the uh, this upcoming week. Three and one. Uh, let me let me relook at this schedule. Uh, three and one. I I'll roll with you on three and one. I, I'm not going to tell you which one I think the one is because it never turns out that way. I'll go with you three. No. Okay. That's all, all right. I got. All right. Uh, thank you guys for for giving us a listen. Uh, make sure you check out Ben on Twitter at not the golfer. Uh, and you can find the podcast at 3D Pod and Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. Um, and as always, go Grizz, and we'll see you guys next week.